Welcome to the Iowa Journalist Podcast Series, presented by the University of Iowa School of Journalism and Mass Communications. I'm your host, Jack Martin. On this episode, I talk to SJMC senior Nicole Shaw about her role as a peer mentor, working with the New York Times Student Journalism Institute, and advice for students. So my name is Nicole Shaw. I am a journalism and English major on the publishing track at the University of Iowa. I'm a fourth year and I'm graduating in the spring, so this May, which is very exciting, kind of spooky at the same time. Um, but I am primarily the lead peer mentor for the School of Journalism and Mass Communications, which means that I'm sort of the go-to resource in person for all of the students that are in the SJMC major. So they come to me with help for their classes, help with writing, career planning, getting connected with resources, all of that good stuff. And I also serve as the editor for Off Kilter Media, which is an arts and culture content creation agency based in Chicago. Um, we're actually expanding to New York and LA as well. And we are looking at London, perhaps for an international uh, location too, which is pretty exciting. Um, I serve as the chair of the board for the Daily Iowan. So uh, basically all that that entails is there's a board of professionals uh, who oversee the daily. I want to make sure that they're meeting certain benchmarks for uh, publishing and certain content to make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, so we serve sort of like as a check and balance for that, but also as a huge support for them. Uh, I'm a writing fellow for the honors program. So I'm assigned a class and I work with the students there and help them write their papers. Um, and I do a bunch of other stuff too, but I don't think you have time to get into all of it. So that's kind of, little check on me. So what was your initial interest in journalism? What made you want to pursue a career in this? I've always been a person who is really, really interested in storytelling. Um, since I was a kid, like from the age of five years old, uh, I was a huge bookworm. So whether that be nonfiction or fiction, I was always reading a book. I had a book in my hands. I was that kid who read in between class periods and during class and got in trouble for it. <laughs> At home, uh, I often was even like grounded for not spending time with my family because I would always be reading a book instead of like watching TV or wanting to do like activities with the fam. So <laughs> reading and like, like looking at stories and interpreting them and allowing it to serve as sort of escapism for me as a child, then really informed my decision to major in journalism. Um, when I came to Iowa, because I know that University of Iowa is a writing school, they have a really strong journalism program. So I decided to major in journalism and English because both of those have to do with the art, the written word. Um, and it was really enticing for me. And my time here has just been like absolutely a whirlwind of crazy opportunities, but it's been really worthwhile, if not difficult at some points. Um, but yeah, I would say that the biggest reason why I even majored in, um, in journalism and came to this school was because of the opportunities that I could explore in storytelling. Um, and so I found that particularly areas of interest for me happen to be arts and culture and race. Um, I think that those are areas that are personally really important to me. And I just want to sort of uplift stories of people who have often been, you know, misheard, ignored, or passed over. Um, I want to give them a voice and allow them to tell their own stories and let me be the medium that that sort of passes through. So you're obviously very involved with the journalism school on Iowa's campus and beyond that and other forms of media. So how did you become a peer mentor? How did that come about? So I actually got recruited from a previous peer mentor. Uh, they created the program last year. So that would have been the fall of 2019. They created the peer mentor program. 
um, that's housed underneath the School of Journalism and MassCom. And uh, Michaela Hugh Shaw mm -hmm. actually was one of the peer mentors that year. And I knew Michaela because I often just happened to be in the student center. Um, I had known her because I went, I read a lot of her work and just kind of stayed up to date with her. And we were sort of associates, um, if not friends a little bit as well. So when they were looking for replacements for the next year, she actually reached out to me first and asked if I would be interested. And I told her to give me some more details about what it was all about um, before I gave her a yes or no. Uh, so she sent me, you know, all of the, the deeds and a long little sheet that explained everything that needed to uh, happen as far as my responsibilities. And it just looked really interesting and like an opportunity for me to connect with other students in the school. So I was like, 100%, let's go. Um, and then after that process, it just kind of happened via a couple of meetings with higher up staff um, and sort of my intention with the program moving forward. And here I am now as the lead peer mentor, which is really exciting. Um, I actually find that the best parts of my day is when I actually get to meet with students like one-on-one -on -one, because especially now with everything being online and in Zoom, it can get really exhausting um, to feel like you're putting so much effort and work in and not really get that response from people. And so when I have the chance to actually meet with students and speak with them about anything, whether it be, you know, personal struggles that they're going through or academic stuff that they need advice on, um, it just often kind of lifts up my day because I get human interaction for a brief amount of time. Uh, but yeah, that's sort of the role I've been playing as peer mentor. Aside from that interaction, those one-on-one -on -one meetings, what do you enjoy most about that job? Ooh, good question. Um, I mean, honestly, I also enjoy, I think the thing I would enjoy most is that it gives me the opportunity to act as a bridge between students and faculty and staff. Um, before I accepted this role and I am doing the work that I'm doing now, I didn't know a lot of the stuff that was happening in the school and what they were doing to support students. And now that I'm employed by them and I sort of act as that bridge, I can also allow for a lot more transparency to happen. Um, and that's been really exciting because when I've gotten the chance to be able to get a little closer to faculty and you know establish connections there um, to make sure that we're supporting students as a whole. Um, but I've also then allowed for students to sort of understand the intentionality behind some of faculty's actions. And it's also been a really great opportunity for students just to meet each other. I think especially with everything being online now, it's really hard for students to feel connected to each other. And so my role as peer mentor has also allowed for me to just foster those sort of connections and encourage them, even amongst themselves without me being present. And that's been really, um, really positive change that I've seen happen. So I saw that you were recently featured by the College of Liberal Arts and Sciences with the I Thrive campaign. So how did you get involved with that and how did that feature come about? So actually that happened from a fellow student who reached out to me on Instagram via DMs. Um, let me make sure, I wanna get her name like perfectly correct. So I'm gonna just make sure and confirm real quick. But she actually DMed me off of my um, one of my Instagram photos and she sort of became aware of a lot of the work that I was doing via the promotion of my work that I do on my social media. So she reached out to me and asked if I would be interested in being featured on the College of Liberal Arts and Sciences page that University of Iowa has on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, all that good stuff. And I was like, 100% yes, the more visibility I get, the better. So 
her name is Grace Colbert. Um, and she, yeah, she just initially reached out to me and asked if I'd be interested. Um, she saw that I was doing a lot of interesting things um, via a lot of the work that I do because I stay very busy. Uh, and so she essentially was like, you can talk about whatever you'd like to, whether that's working in the various magazines and internships that I've had during the pandemic, as well as my experience um, over the past year academically and my plans post-graduation. So I was like, full send, let's do it. And uh, got my friend Liv Harder to um, approve me sending her a picture that she took for me because it was for one of Liv's like photo projects and I wanted to get the permission from her, but it was exciting and uh, very cool that the University of Iowa was like, let's feature this gal. Because <laughs> a lot of the times it feels like I'm putting in a lot of work and it's like exhausting and I feel very drained at the end of the day. And it's like, is it worth it? But it is. And uh, it's nice to be recognized for sure. So what's the work that you do for Off Kiltered? Like what is Off Kiltered? Could you like go into a little bit more about what that is? Absolutely. Yeah. So Off Kilter is a content creation agency based in Chicago. And we primarily focus on covering arts and culture. Um, it started out just being heavily focused on Chicago artists and creators, but we've expanded that to be national and international. Um, and so we post, we have a couple of different like verticals or sections um, of a larger print and digital publication. And the areas that we focus on there are like contemporary art, whether that be like paintings, uh, sculpture, photography, um, you know, all that good stuff. Uh, we also focus on music. So a lot of the artists that we have there, uh, we meet via a partnership we have with So Far Sounds. And I mean, I've gotten to cover really cool people. Um, like for example, I think, yeah, last year I wrote a profile story on Jake Troth, who is a singer and songwriter. And he's written songs for really big names like Jennifer Lopez, Big Boy, Outkast, Kalani. Um, and that was really, really exciting. Uh, I've also covered um, Marcy Rogers, who is sort of the right-hand go-to costume designer um, for the director that made Black Klansman. I always, always forget his name, even though I shouldn't because he's like an excellent filmmaker. Um, oh, Spike, Spike Lee. Lee, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Um, so yeah, she's like his go-to costume center. I talked wow. with her and it was a really amazing opportunity with that one as well, because when I wrote that profile and I sent it to her to approve to make sure that I hadn't misquoted her or anything, she said that that was the best story that had ever been written on her and it like brought her to tears. And it was something that was so like gratifying for me because I, one, I got to tell the story of a black woman who has had a bunch of features written on her that essentially say the same thing. Um, but two, to have her say that it affected her that much and she felt truly seen was like, I did my job. So that was really exciting. Um, but aside from like bragging about my works, <laughs> uh, I also, um, we also publish uh, things that have to do with film. So it's pretty much everything like creative and artistic you can think of, I cover it. And I serve as the editor for that company. So uh, every piece that gets published, whether in print or online, I'm the one that looks at it and vets it and makes sure that it's good to go. Um, so I spend a lot of hours doing that. I also am the person that all of my staff comes to to pitch things to. Um, so it's been a whirlwind, but it's also really exciting to see how the company has evolved and shifted under my direction. So upon graduating in May, you're going to be joining the New York Times Institute, right? 
I actually am part of the New York Times Student Journalism Institute right now. Okay. So it was supposed to happen last May, but the pandemic happened. So it got postponed to December and then it got postponed to January of this year. And then it got postponed again um, a little bit. So it's it's now started in February and we're starting to get the, the wheels turning. Um, but so I'm not permitted to say what kind of project we're working on yet because it's kind of ultra exclusive under wrap. Um, but I will say that it's supposed to come out in April and that will be sort of it, at the end of May will be when my time with the New York Times Student Journalism Institute ends. Um, hopefully it'll lead to greater opportunities. <laughs> but um, yeah, so as far as like postgrad, I haven't heard back from any of the jobs yet because in journalism, you really start, don't start to hear back from employers that you want to work for until like March, April. Um, but I'm trying. I've been applying to a lot of jobs every day. <laughs> yeah, can, are you able to say anything about how you got involved with the New York Times Student Institute? Or Yeah, yeah, I can definitely say that. So I applied to the Institute in November of 2019. Yeah. November 2019, because I had previously met with a um, person who is currently employed by the New York Times right now. Uh, she is a recruiter for them and does a lot of stuff um, to bring people on that she thinks are promising. So I actually met her through the School of Journalism's uh, speed networking opportunity event that Paul Jensen uh, like runs. And so her name is Megan and she was like, I think this to be a great opportunity for you and you should definitely apply for it so she was like this is the deadline make sure you meet the deadline and you've spent enough time in your application to make sure that it's the best it can be um so i had to prepare a pitch story a statement about why i would be a valuable asset to the team and why i want to be a journalist uh, my resume a cover letter and i think that was it but it was a while ago so i'm not sure um but they, they accepted me, uh, which was really, really exciting. And it was all really attributed to not only the work that I've done in my time at the school, but also a lot of faculty who helped me. Um, Daniel Lathrop was one of the people who helped me. He gave a heads up to people that he knows at the New York Times that I was applying for the Institute. And he said, this is a really promising student. Um, Stephen Bloom helped me with my pitch to the New York Times, um, my former boss, Jeff Brown at Quill and Squirrel also helped me and he teaches a sports writing class in the J school. Um, and so they all were really great people who supported me as I went through that application process and definitely helped in me being accepted um, and earning that opportunity. You know, you've had four years of schooling at the SJMC. So what are some lessons that have stuck with you the most throughout this entire time? Oh, <sighs> I would say a lesson that has really stuck with me is to not be afraid to hold people accountable. Um, growing up, I was always someone who was rather meek and like really shy and didn't really want to speak up. Um, I was much more comfortable letting someone else take charge. But I think during my time here at the School of Journalism, it's really allowed me to flourish in the fact that I can be really confident in myself because everything that I'm saying is based in facts or I'm working to gain the facts about something. And so 
I think at the end of the day, the school journalism has really taught me the power of knowing the truth and holding those in positions of power accountable. Um, I think that that's just been really the overall message and lesson that I've learned. Um, and perhaps some smaller ones are, um, I think, appreciating the art of storytelling because it's hard to do. <laughs> it's hard to um, keep people open to, you know, certain stories that they may be prone to disagree with uh, because of controversy. Um, so I think it's also taught me the value of media literacy. A lot of people don't understand that you have to be media literate when you're looking at all these publications. And I think that that's really important, something that nationally we should make aware and uh, install instill into our public education system um, because fake news is real, but also there are a lot of good publications and organizations putting work out and they're just being deemed fake news because people disagree with it and that's not true. Um, I think overall my time at the University of Iowa has taught me that you can say no to some things <laughs> because uh, I, I definitely encourage people to take every opportunity that comes to them, but I also think it's important for them to really be able to reflect on their priorities and what they want to do long-term. Because um, I think the pandemic has taught me that as well. It's like, you don't have to say yes to everything. You can take a little bit of time to reflect and care for yourself at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, those are the lessons that I feel the school and the university at large has taught me. So to close out, what's one piece of advice that you would give to incoming or current journalism students? I would say be open and do not be afraid to ask questions. Um, and when I say be open, I mean be open to like practically anything. Be open to differences in opinion. Be open to any opportunities that come your way try new things and don't be afraid to try them because you've never done them before. Um, oftentimes you'll find that by trying something out of your comfort zone, it'll actually be something that's really in your wheelhouse and you excel at. Um, and that's sort of how I came to love the certain topics that I cover in journalism. Um, and I, the second one I say is do not be afraid to ask questions because being curious is essentially the foundation of being a journalist. Um, and so, being able to be curious is certainly one of the most important things that you can be in this major and as you go on in your career. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more, you can find us at clas.uiowa.edu backslash sjmc. For more episodes of the podcast, search Iowa Journalist on your preferred streaming platform.